Preeti Chibber. And I'm Jen Northington. And this is Tar Valen or Bust, a Wheel of Time podcast. Let the dragon ride again on the winds of time. <laughs> How was that? Was that good? That was excellent. That was excellent line delivery. <laughs> it was my terrible idea to include a line from the, like a tagline from the book, so... I get to do the first round. <laughs> we'll, we'll change up the quote every time. So so I guess um, let's tell the people what we're doing. What are we doing? Uh, well, it turns out Jen and I, our entire friendship is based on the foundation of <laughs> Wheel of Time. And so when we heard there was going to be an, a TV show coming out, although who knows when it'll actually air, we toyed with the end. We're like, oh, someday we'll reread the books. And now, since we're all inside all the time, we're like, now's a good time to reread the books. So we're going to be doing all the books in advance of the TV show coming out and talking about our favorite and, and maybe not-so-favorite moments uh, and kind of getting into everything Wheel of Time. Yeah, I have literally had a pitch for this podcast drawn up for, like, six months. <laughs> basically, <laughs> basically, as soon as we heard that the show was happening and, like, finished freaking out on Twitter about the initial casting rounds. I was drawing up a pitch. Um, But then we were like, what if we just, what if we didn't pitch this to anybody? What if we just did it ourselves? What if we just did it? So here we are. We're just (laughs) doing it. And Preeti, I have to tell you that it took me three tries to find the uh, agenda we put together this week because I keep typing in Tar Avalon or Bust, which is not the name of this show. <laughs> but we're also we're also working on a, an inclusive anthology of King Arthur stories called Swordstone Table. Preeti is one of our amazing contributors, um, and uh, Daisy Geek Girls co-host Swapna Krishna is the co-editor along with me. So I have King Arthur on the brain. So like, I my brain is just like squishing everything together. This, this sounds like a great sort of a like archive of our own crossover series, Tar oh. Avalon or Bust. Oh God! Somebody write that immediately. Merlin Somebody. and Sue and Sanch. <gasps> <laughs> Shoot! How will I focus for the rest of the day now that I'm thinking about this? The conversations yeah. that they would have, it would just yeah. be the like, the like sniffy, like <laughs> condescending conversations I that they would have. Okay, okay. <laughs> let's focus. Let's focus. Okay, let's tell the story of how we became friends because we were acquaintances. We had mutual friends, but we weren't friends. Friends. And then one night, I was sitting on my couch, messing around on Twitter. This was like. 20 years ago it wasn't 20 years ago it wasn't it was like 2000 when when, it wasn't the last wheel of time book it was the pen ultimate right yeah that's right so whatever year that book came out and i was sitting around on my couch and i was like who wants to play fuck mary kill wheel of time edition (laughs) with me and Preeti was like me (laughs) i do remember sitting in my room in brooklyn like looking just like dicking around on the computer and like looking at Twitter and I did I saw you tweeted that and I was like my time has come (laughs) and that was the start of a beautiful friendship it's true you invited me you were working a book release party for the penultimate book and you invited me and I was like super nervous because I was like oh I don't really know her but she seems so cool 
I was I was so nervous to go by myself. Normally at those things I'm like, whatever, it's fine. But I mean, I say this as part of the Wheel of Time fandom with all love. Sometimes the fantasy fandom can be a little intense much yeah intense and I was like I can't go in there by myself like I just don't I don't know what the vibe's gonna be and it turned out to be totally fine but like I was just nervous and I needed backup and Preeti was so kind to come and be backup for me and then it turned out that we were meant to be bosom buddies yes yes it's just true like Anne of Green Gables and Diana Mm -hmm. um that's a different podcast though (laughs) okay so let's see so Preeti when did you first read these books Uh, So I read them in high school. I had a friend probably my freshman or maybe my sophomore year of high school, I think. And then we ended up in the same English class, I think. And it turned out we both had a lot of things in common. And he was like, you have to read these books. And he let me borrow Eye of the World. And I was like, this is the best thing I've ever read in my life. And got my whole family into Wheel of Time. Like everybody, my brother, my sister, my mom, like all of us read it now. And then it just became this like... Thing. It was this massive series that wasn't over, and, and so it just stuck with me throughout my, like, high school and college and then young adult years. What about yeah. you? Well, I'm so glad you asked. Um, we, I wish I could remember which of us brought it home. So I have two brothers, one on either side of me, age-wise, and we all read a ton of sci-fi fantasy growing up. And we were constantly, like, in and out of used bookstores because we only got, like, one trip to Barnes & Noble a year, like, at that point. (laughs) Um, So it was a big deal to have new books, but we could, you know, usually talk them into buying used books. And so uh, I don't know who, which one of us, like, first grabbed it off the shelf, but I'm very sure it came off of a used bookstore shelf. And then we passed it around amongst ourselves. I was a tween. I'm very sure of that, like somewhere between 11 and 13. Um, and and then, yeah, like you said, it was just like, oh, there's there's so many of these, which was amazing because, you know, as voracious readers, as kids who had limited selections, you know, it was just like my birthday the, <laughs> to have to have so many books available and to know that more were coming and they were super rereadable. I yes. I honestly cannot tell you how many times I've read in particular the first four. Like at it, in those tween years. Like I'm pretty sure that those are the ones I've reread the most. And I think I think what happened was that I dropped off around I want to say 8 and then did not pick them back up again literally until the final three were coming out from Brandon Sanderson. Like I had a huge hiatus from sci-fi fantasy in my college and then immediately after college years, because I was like, I'm a college graduate. I read literature. (laughs) I read real books. I've put such childish things behind me, like, (laughs) like an idiot. Um, And, and then I started working in bookstores and I was like, Oh wait, I'm allowed to like all kinds of things like nobody, (laughs) uh, nobody, I mean, people can judge me, but who cares? Like, it's fine if I like all kinds of things. So now I like all kinds of things, which I always did, but I'm allowed to say that now for myself. I'm allowing myself to say that. So, but then, but then we, so we, we wrote, we co-wrote a column together Mm -hmm. at Book Riot for these books but we didn't we at that point we read the final three but we read we didn't reread all of them because we did not have time 
because it was like we got into we just were like there's no way we're gonna be able to make the release date mm-hmm. for the final book if we try to reread all you know how, how many there are 14 books yeah right? I think that's right so we were like if we tried to reread the 13 books that came before there's <laughs> absolutely no way we're gonna make our dates for this column and so we read summaries of the books and kind of reacted to and in-depth summaries it's from the wheel of time encyclopedia that's online because yes, yes. wheel of time fans are the most in-depth amazing people on the planet and catalog everything which we will get to oh yeah but I did want to very briefly mention, I forgot to say this, when I was 21, I interned at Tor Publishing uh, for a summer, and it was while one of the books was in um, in in edit at the time. Like, I remember being sent to a copy machine with this massive tome to copy the pages for the manuscript, <laughs> and I was like... This is the best day of my life until Robert Jordan came to the office and I met him. And it was such a bizarre experience. I like I have like a blank space in my head. I cannot remember anything we talked about. I can't remember anything except meeting him and being like, I love your book so much. Like, wow. It was I, I like it's it's such a weird it was such a weird thing to happen because it was like I wasn't really in but I was in publishing but I was like a an intern I didn't know anything and so like I didn't understand how things worked but I still just remember being like this is I will I've peaked (laughs) like nothing will be better than this (laughs) I I feel like I must have known that story but I don't remember it so like I just experienced that as if it was the first time you'd ever told me which was really amazing I'm just like sitting here thinking about what what words I would have been able to make had I ever met Robert Jordan. I don't think I could have made words, honestly. I don't honestly. know that I did. It's legit. It's like, you know, at this point, like, I've been in publishing an author for so long. There's so many people you meet. And it's those people, those authors that you meet that you loved before you got into, like, the professional setting of books, I feel like, are mm. the ones that are the hardest to, like, maintain a cool facade around. Yeah. And at that point, I literally had never met anybody. Like, anyone and here comes this like prolific very like generally speaking isolated person who did not really engage with um people face to face (laughs) walking into the office at at, like Flatiron and I was like I can't remember I can't remember what I said I can't remember what he said I just remember seeing him and just being like I cannot fathom that this is a real thing that's happening was he very beardy? I always yes. pictured him with a beard. Yeah. I believe so. I think he had a beard and I think he's wearing a hat. Sounds I want to say. Yeah. <laughs> it's been That's a long amazing. time. <laughs> That's an amazing story. Um, yeah. Wow. So, so the last time that either of us read a Wheel of Time book was when the final three, which were penned by Brandon Sanderson, mm-hmm. um, were coming out. And then... The last time I read one of the Robert Jordan ones was, I think, when I was probably 15 or 16. So it's yeah. been literally at least 20 years since a long time. I have read yeah one of the one of the original author books. Um, so I'm like I'm 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 excited and also a little nervous. Uh, I did not have a concept of just as a for example cultural appropriation and like. 
my feminism was very nascent. Um, and I, you know, gender theory was also sort of beyond me at that time. And so there, these are just the things off the top of my head that I'm like, oh, that's going to be interesting. Um, but I also what I'm really hoping is that it will continue to be a fave, albeit a problematic fave, but like still a fave. I'm hoping to have that to recapture that feeling. Yeah, I'm with you. There are some things that I'm very, very nervous about, specifically like as we get closer to the Senshan and like that kind yeah. of stuff. Like I'm very anxious about how that was handled because I, I do those what by the time it got to those I was a little bit older when I was reading I was I was probably more in undergrad era versus high school era mm. and I feel like having a very vague sense of sort of unease about it but I didn't I didn't know how to articulate it and I didn't really know what was happening and so now I feel like when we revisit this like agreed I do think there's going to be a lot of positives in the experience but I think there's going to be a lot of interesting aspects of the book that we're going to have to reckon with as readers but yeah. in a in a way that I agree with you I think it's going to be very much problematic fave era especially when you see what the show is doing with casting and and how thoughtful I think they're being about what the representation is going to look like on screen mm-hmm. yeah so I think it's worth saying that our goal is certainly to have read all of the first book by the time the pilot airs, which I don't think will be a problem as we don't actually know when the pilot is yep. airing. Um, and you're already like 10 chapters into book one. Uh, my copy is still making its way. She wasn't supposed to start yet. <laughs> Sorry, I couldn't help it. My holds <laughs> came okay. in from the library much earlier than I was anticipating. You got to jump on those library holds. The library waits for no one. Exactly. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I forgive you. I forgive you. The circumstances beyond your control. Um, but yeah, so so and then we'll just see how far we get before the show starts and then we'll start folding in the show. Yeah, I think our goal is going to be just just for for people who are listening and, and might want to read along with us, um, kind of do the books in acts. And so we're thinking the first episode will probably cover the two rivers action in in eye of the world which is about i i'm on chapter eight right now and it's about i'm guessing like nine or ten chapters of the first book so we'll probably try to cover that in the in the first episode yeah we'll keep you all up to date on on where we're at uh and yeah, I I think this is going to be really fun and really interesting and probably <laughs> extremely awkward in certain moments because that's our brand. Yep. <laughs> I mean, in case it, it you is. Didn't know. <laughs> Do we, I can't decide if this is necessary or not because who's going to listen to a Wheel of Time podcast if they've never read the books? Do we need to like tell people what the Wheel of Time is oh, if they I haven't guess, read it? I guess I can't. <laughs> I guess we should have led with that, huh? <laughs> well, <laughs> if you're still with us, how to summarize the Wheel of Time? All right, I'm going to take a stab at I this. can't wait. Okay. The Wheel of Time is a many installment series of books that starts out being about three young men. Oh, it's a it's a like a pre-industrial fantasy world, I should say that, with magic. And uh, it starts out in this little town of Two Rivers, three young men who are prophesied in that one of them is believed to be 
the crux around which like earth shaking events are going to happen, but they don't know which of the three of them it is. The people who like know about this prophecy don't know which of the three of them it is. The three of them have no idea what's going on. Zero clue, very small town lives. They're just like up to teenage shit. They have no idea. (laughs) So, you know, this woman rides into town one day and is like, what of you super special. You're all coming with me. And they're like, what? Um, And then they proceed to have bonkers adventures in this like giant expansive world filled with all different kinds of cultures and different kinds of magics and different kinds of like baddies and just all kinds of stuff goes on. And there's a lot of um, dark nights of the soul, I want to (laughs) say. There's also a lot of kick-ass female magic users um there's a lot of like weird gender dynamics uh yeah and a lot of horses which we will get to on future episodes how was that was that pretty good i thought that was very very good that was that was strong the only thing i would add is that there is also a significant amount of political intrigue oh yeah that that go that that is threaded it's it's sort of like um it's it's sort of like if you took Game of Thrones and and put it on steroids, <laughs> right? It's like yeah. massive. Like I consider Robert Jordan kind of the ultimate American fantasy writer, more so than George R. R. Martin personally. Mm. Um, maybe it's because I came to those books before I came to Game of Thrones, but there's just a well-roundedness to the story that, as I remember it, having now been quite distanced from it in terms of years. Um, that is pretty incredible. Uh, just also an FYI, when we say Brandon Sanderson wrote the last three books, it's because Robert Jordan passed away before he could finish, but did have notes on how he wanted the series to end, um, locked away in a box somewhere. Yeah, yeah. And and his wife was part of putting together this mm-hmm. whole search team, and it was a whole process. It was really intense. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, yeah, good point. I, the world... I, I, I think that, honestly, if I think back to the other fantasy books I was reading as a tween, The Wheel of Time, and this is probably why it stuck with me so strongly, was certainly had the broadest scope. Yes. uh, Like, uh, in fantasy geography Mm -hmm. of any of the series. Like, you read, you know, I mean, Game of Thrones is a great example. Even, like, Tamara Pierce's work. Like, Mm -hmm. it's all, like, Britain. It's all basically Britain with, like, some quote-unquote barbarian hordes on the outside, generally speaking. Um, Rarely do you get this, like, like, yeah, multi-many cultures and, you know, different kinds of governments and different kinds of peoples and all interacting together on this huge stage. Like, it's so ambitious. Um, And I just don't recall reading anything else like it when I was that age. Now we have more, but I don't think we did back then. No, at the time it very much felt like, because I remember... When, after I read Jordan, I tried to get into other, like, massive fantasy series that were those, like, in that teeny tiny, like, Walden books or Barnes & Noble, yes. like, science, science fiction and fantasy section that had the spines that were, like, three inches thick and there were, like, yeah. 30 of them. Like, trying to get into those, whether it was, like, Terry Goodkind or, like, mm. one of the other Terrys. Yeah. <laughs> like, whatever it was. <laughs> or, like, 14 Terrys. Yeah. Where you were just, you tried to get into it, and none of them, in my memory, had the same level of women, first of all, with agency, mm. mm-hmm. and 
albeit again written by a man and so there are like absolutely flaws that we're going to discuss but at the time it was very new and very different in terms of what I had access to and just like yeah it's so big I keep remembering like threads of plots that we're going through and I'm like how where does this even fit in to the story because like I can't remember yeah I so I ordered myself. I used this podcast as an excuse to order myself one of those like encyclopedias of the Wheel of Time worlds that nice. have like all the pictures and things. Also, I feel like it's worth warning people right now that I we're like gonna mispronounce so many things. Oh because God, yes. I know that there are pronunciation guides in the back of each of those books, but I did not use them. Nope. So I just like decided how things were pronounced. Yep. Even now, I'm listening to the so I'm listening to the audiobook for the first one. And the narrator's okay, but he's a little like Phil Hartman, Zap Brannigan, but it's still fine. <laughs> but um, the way he's pronouncing certain names, I was like, that's how you say that? Right. <laughs> what? And also in the first like section alone, there's like Rand, Tam, Bran. <laughs> what are you saying? <laughs> Who is it? Which A name is it? <laughs> Amazing. I can't even imagine trying to listen to these on audio, quite frankly. I don't process audio well at the best of times, and, like, this would be... I mean, I guess because I know the stories and the characters well enough, it might be okay. It's but... It's been easier for me because of that, because I was the same way where I'm like, I, I don't do auditory processing well, but mm-hmm. I found when it's books that I've read before, it's usually okay because they're keywords I'm looking for when I'm listening sure and if I like zone out a little bit it's okay because I know what's going on (laughs) yeah oh amazing well what else do we need to tell people is that basically I think that's about it I think I think you know once this episode goes live our goal is going to be to have the first episode up within a few weeks um again it'll probably be about the first 10 chapters if you want to read along um and yeah other than that you can find us oh we are in order to cover our server costs starting a patreon so it's patreon.com slash tar or bust now i'm like am i mispronouncing tar nope. it is i had i looked it up it's tar perfect because <laughs> i said tar for my entire childhood but it's tar it turns out now we know <laughs> The more you know. So patreon.com slash Tarvalon or bust. We're really just trying to like cover the cost of what it takes to make this podcast happen. So like servers and that kind of stuff. Um, So there's only like one tier for a dollar. If you give us a dollar, we'll say thank you to you on the next episode. Um, Other than that, you can find me on Twitter at runwithskizzers. S-K-I-Z-Z-E-R-S. And... That's about it for me. You you write books. I How write books. About your books. I do. I write a lot of books. I have a lot of children's books out for Marvel and Star Wars. Uh, and also, I'm going to be in Stone Sword Table, which Jen is co-editing, as we said. And that will be available for pre-order, I think, soon? Yeah, it's coming out in 2021. So, so probably soon. Yeah, probably soon. We'll let you know. Yeah. Uh, you also have another podcast. Thank you for doing this. Yeah. 
I'm, I also co-host Desi Geek Girls with Sapna Krishna, which is a pop culture podcast with a feminist South Asian American lens. Um, and you can find all this information actually on my site too, preetheechipper.com, if you are curious about my books or where to buy them or what podcasts or like other whatever writing I have. And now, Jen. <laughs> yes, so... You can find me primarily on Instagram these days. Every now and then I remember I have a Twitter account, but mostly I'm on Instagram as I am Jen IRL. That's I-A-M-J-E-N-N-I-R-L. If you want to listen to me have more opinions about science fiction and fantasy, you can find me on Book Riot's SFF Yeah podcast, which I host with Sharifa Williams, who is amazing and we have a lot of fun. Um, and yeah, keep your eyes peeled for Swordstone Table. It's coming eventually, and we'll have more news about that at some point. We also owe a big thank you to Brian Dunn, who is a friend and fellow Wheel of Time fan and musician who created the amazing intro and outro tracks for this podcast. You can find more of his work at BrianDunnMusic.net, and that's Brian with a Y and Dunn with two N's. Uh, until oh, we need to. We're gonna have to come up with a sign off at some point. But this, oh, since this shoot. is episode zero, like I'm fine with just saying bye, and we'll come up with one for the next <laughs> yeah. time. So we'll see you. We'll see everybody on the next episode. <laughs>